Fika with Annika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. I'd like to introduce my guest, Tim Lauritsen. Tim is a longtime resident of the Anza Valley and hails from a family of 1950s homesteaders. He is known for growing native plants and trees, building in a sustainable style, his volunteer work within the community, and his artistic talents. He also has hiked probably more trails than most. Welcome, Tim Lauritsen. Coyote Canyon and the San Jacinto Fault Zone alongside, which is the major um, branch of the San Andreas Fault Zone and the most active fault zone in Southern California, uh, has caused some pretty dramatic landscapes. So riding on a horse down and dropping 800 feet, sometimes within a quarter mile, can be um, exciting as you approach the canyon. With the water running year-round, although with recent earthquakes that may have limited the distance that it's run, 17 miles, was the only running year-round running spring in San Diego County. Um, comes out from under Anza, the eastern edge. The biggest uh, wells are on fault zones, some large enough to supply tens of thousands of people if it was tapped into. But those wells are also subject to lateral movements and could be lost at any point in time. So <clears throat> the distance, 17 miles, generally takes between 7 and 10 hours on a horse, but it allows you to experience the sound and the smells that you wouldn't otherwise on a vehicle, which is only allowed on a designated road, which doesn't follow the creek. It stays to the west in Fig Tree Valley and Lower Collins Valley, where the action takes place from the west side. So riding is a whole different approach and an experience. But being a bighorn preserve and on a horse where there are wild horses, you have the opportunity to see the bighorn up close without being spooked. That you wouldn't if you're sitting on or behind an internal combustion engine. Now, you're referring to wild horses. I know yes. that back in the day that Anza was known for the wild horses, but it's not so anymore. What, well, what, what, what there was a, a horse ranch, uh, the name escapes me, from the 30s and 40s on Coyote Road, and they let two of their horses out, mares, that went down into Nance Canyon, which is the first five miles after the pavement where the water runs 
and the horses were in horse heaven and they were left to graze year-round and so that's how they multiplied uh, I don't believe the park ever removed any of those horses there was a few that were removed by private individuals because the toenails hadn't been trimmed in 10 years and they looked like slippers Okay, you know, Aladdin's slippers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the park did have to remove cattle, some thirty, and it cost them about a thousand dollars each to airlift them. They had to hunt them, dart, and lift them out. Uh, and the uh, the years and decades of cattle that had been allowed down into those regions where the water ran could no longer sustain the stampede of cattle shit and grazing and that health threat to the bighorn sheep which as a sheep nuzzles its nose through the shit to find something of value to eat and worms get up through the nose into the skull and that's why the sheep fail when they dance across the cliffs because their brains are compromised from the worms so the state park said that the sh that the cattle had to go the history of the cattle there had to end and we're talking early 70s then there was a discussion about putting up a, a fence on the, along the west side, the mountainous side, to keep the, uh, the domestic animals from uh, finding their way onto the state park, okay. which was never completed. But if you were to realize that the state park is 1.6 million acres, even just going down one side of it would require uh, something along the line of what we're experiencing now with our border to Mexico. But we we weren't building a wall, they were just putting up barbed wire on T-posts. And that did get done. Uh, but not entirely, because in 1980 the Pacific Crest Trail was built and uh, coincided with the state park as it should have. So uh, there were changes that took place, but they were good changes because had they not happened, the uh, trucking industry would have likely gotten the state to build a double two-lane highway up Batista and down Coyote to Imperial Valley to get produce to market in less in 15 minutes or less than it took to go around San Jacinto Mountain. So there were some issues that had profound effects on ANZA and its future growth. By 1985, into the latter half and early parts of the 90s, ANZA was booming. The population climbed probably into 15,000. There were twice the number of businesses. And um, for all intents and purposes, ANZA was putting itself on the map twice as many businesses compared to today? To today, yes. Really? We've lost half the businesses? Half the businesses faded away in the 90s and during the Clinton, Bush, and Obama years. 
it was not kind to ants. In fact, tumbleweeds have just about taken over in recent years during the financial uh, setbacks that may not have been true with real estate and certain other aspects during those decades in Anza. However, uh, it's noteworthy to understand what we're up against today because now Anza is booming again, but it's booming with 20 and 30 year olds, not retirees with money. Now that makes a big difference is the number of businesses. So, uh, and then the other interesting thing, because I'm a tree man, is many of the stately treasures that we planted back 20, 30 or more years ago are now dying from lack of care and allowing more room for vehicles. It's only natural that cars gravitate toward the shade to park, but compromise the soils and compact it and make water run away from the trees. Uh, Caltrans has also been very uh, anti-tree. They um, are putting up curb and gutter which directs waters away from along the edge of the pavement. So the same was true for our community park. They blocked water running to the trees in the park and forced it to go around the park and that caused uh, dieback. So simple little events can have long-term effects and no one will notice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're going to put together um, a group of individuals locally who understand the importance of stately treasures and we're going to uh, make names and identify certain trees and create a protective and care so that in the future Caltrans must approach the community instead of telling us to get out of their way. Keep in mind Caltrans mentality for ANZA is to put a no stopping sign at our only little crosswalk. Now that tells you a lot. Yeah, that's quite an insight. So getting back to Coyote Canyon in the (laughs) fault zone. Actually, the San Jacinto fault zone climbs out from just about under. It it doesn't climb out, but it climbs under the eastern rim of Table Mountain, the eastern ridge of Anza, and comes very close to the surface right behind our electric co-op and our high school and travels north westward along the foothills of Thomas Mountain and drops down in a similar fashion parallel to Batista Canyon like it does for Coyote Canyon. If one flew over it would appear that a giant knife sliced the earth for miles in a straight line and is quite noticeable. But for those of us who are at street level, we can't see that. Now, riding into the canyon, you can't help but see it. And if you choose to leave the main Coyote Canyon to explore the side canyons, um, we keep in mind that they're always subject to earthquakes and flooding. 
there were times when I rode down the canyon on a Friday and had to wait out in camp several days because of high winds and heavy rains causing avalanches that blocked the canyon from my being able to return. Also, uh, weather can change and keep you in camp, so we always bring extra feed and food. After all, our source of fuel is, is firewood, and it's kind of neat to overcome the elements. That's part of the adventure. Let <laughs> hit a stop. So I decided to explore these canyons that I had spotted by horse in prior adventures. I rode to Sheep Canyon on my horse and camped overnight. Uh, and it wasn't until 22 years later when I laid myself down that I realized when the moon and planets came up that I had situated myself in the exact spot because uh -huh. of the rock on the hill and the angle at which the planets f uh, traveled up as they rose above the horizon. Exploring nearby canyons was phenomenal the next day you can easily access within a half hour. I do uh, recommend uh, hiking boots. I was in cowboy boots by horse at first, which did not allow me to get too far up. So that's why I had to return uh, with equipment and hiking. So I had the opportunity to explore in more detail and further in the upper waterfalls and pools. I think the thing that most people remember about these areas is the the system of polished rocks for sunning with waterfalls beneath. I can't even imagine that, you know. It just it's it's like first class accommodations no matter the weather, unless of course it's heavy rains and it burned off above, then you might be subject to uh, a dangerous flood. Which happened uh, several years just prior to my returning after 22 years to one of these canyons to find that the changes were phenomenal. The pools had filled in, the willows and other growth had covered up and these secret sacred places were hidden again and the bighorn sheep which are the only animal capable besides man in traversing these canyons which have four five hundred seven hundred foot walls sheer walls of rock their trails had moved and I had found a bighorn that had slipped and fallen to its death probably three months earlier and its thigh bone had been chewed. There was still skin on the bones but not much left of it. And also near is a 
crevasse of rocks with the creek running through that can easily be closed with a blanket to create a steam bath that the Indians used and it was well known for that. So these natural resorts existed where pools and showers and steam baths were provided by nature. We simply discovered them. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> I want to put my hiking boots on and, and go up there right now. Except we're well, expecting snow. Keep in mind that uh, the areas, uh, because of the bighorn sheep, are subject to mountain lion. I have heard and seen the mountain lion on numerous occasions when visiting the canyon. And as I said on an earlier recording, um, there are large rattlesnakes that you must keep an eye out for when they're bigger than your arm and they don't retreat. There are fox and of course deer and coyotes. The coyotes would follow us on the horse waiting for the horse to shit so it would get a nice warm grassy breakfast. I didn't know that they did that. It might be why that whole canyon system is called Coyote. It is a natural corridor and provided the means in which humans could travel from San Antonio, Texas to San Francisco. Well, actually, they went to form the city of San Francisco and they came through Coyote Canyon. I'm not sure they called it that at the time. And I'm talking about 1774 or five in there. You're and talking about the Juan, the Juan Batista de Anza right. with um, 240 women and children and soldiers and about six to a thousand head of cattle. They they made they made the cattle carry their own weight rather than carry their meat. So and they had to slaughter it on the spot. And they had fresh meat. So cattle were always coming along and a few were always being left behind which explains why 200 some years later the state of California had to airlift 30 of them out of there <laughs> obviously it must be pretty rugged if there's only a herd of 30 well I'll tell you it was not easy for the cattlemen in Anza at the time to hear about the state spending 30 grand to remove 30 cows that had just soon gone down and checked the brands and sorted them out and brought them back by truck and saved 25000 but that's how the state worked in the 80s. Anywho, um, so I guess we can combine the particulars of the adventure up into the canyon that I spoke of earlier, but this was the introduction I wanted to give. Okay. Um, there's some areas there on the fault zone that are quicksand. So exploring requires a guide and awareness, otherwise you might get stuck. And again, uh, floods can cause avalanches and block access. When there was a, a lightning strike and a fire at the bottom of Turkey Track grade, which is where Nance Coyote and Tule Canyon meet at the upper end where actually Coyote Canyon starts. The fire truck from Anza got down there but they couldn't get out except 
continuing down the canyon, and that took another 12 hours. So I'm you sure can they imagine. Won't do that one again. So you can imagine that putting yourself into these uh, back regions where you would be subject to airlift and expensive retraction if you were seriously injured. You never go alone unless you are totally confident. And you're not allowed to carry a defensive weapon such as a gun. It's a preserve. You're the visitor. You're not allowed to shoot the animals. <laughs> so that sort of gives you a little more caution on the yes. approach and the level of awareness. Keep in mind when you do make contact eye to eye with these wild animals, not only do they look at us, they look into us and they're able to look through us and they can smell what we ate three or four days ago. They know more about us than we can even pretend to capture about them. So when we're the visitor, it changes the rules. And you can't forget, if you do, you might not come back. And it's happened. Yeah. Really? People have actually lost their lives? Disappeared, yes. Yeah. They have disappeared and never been seen again. In recent years, that's been true. Not every year on the Pacific Crest Trail, but when there's 400-some hardy souls hiking the trails and putting themselves out where mountain lions live with no defense. Now, on the Pacific Crest Trail, I think you're allowed to defend yourself, um, certainly, but in a animal preserve and a wilderness, an established wilderness, you're not. So, uh, so are you saying that the PCT, the Pacific, uh, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail, Trail in our region, pretty much stays on the west edge of the state Bighorn Sheep Park. It does travel uh, on Mount Laguna, where the state park comes up, and so the state that the trail does cross over. Um, into Upper Nance Canyon, but for the most part, the the Pacific Crest Trail stayed uh, outside of the park. But it's in BLM and other public lands as well as crossing yes. in some sections of the Bighorn Sheep Park. So all of this effort since 1972 has allowed the population to triple. But that's been 45 years, 47 years um, for these sheep, these Baja-type bighorn. So it's starting to pay off, but, but the, the landscapes are phenomenal. The sunsets, the night sky, the stars, you'll find your shadow you'll have many a story to tell your grandkids if you just take a hike and spend a night. That's how it works. And certainly the more an adventure goes away, the more uh, the spice that adds to that adventure. Uh, some of my best stories are when the best made plans went astray. And you, we'll, we'll talk about some of those um, adventures. Right. Yes, I can think of a few on Coyote Canyon. I mean, on um, the 
desert divide where the Pacific Crest Trail finally reaches 74 Highway and the next section follows what's called the Desert Divide. It brings you f into the southeast corner of San Jacinto Mountain at, near Red Taquitz. But you cross over Palm View Mountain and uh, Spitler Peak and a number of 7,000 foot peaks um, before you actually reach uh, the mountain and uh, very capable hikers will do that section in two days. Um, today, not all of it is accessible from fire danger and damage, but uh, it's being rebuilt. The Mountain Center fire and the Cranston fire did jump over the Pacific Crest Trail and did some damage, uh, mostly from flooding and washing out of rains short, shortly thereafter. Um, the efforts at rebuilding a trail uh, back in the 80s, it was built like a freeway. It runs around the peaks. Up until then, it was called the Sam Fink Trail. And for some reason, Sam Fink had to get to the top of each little ridge and each peak. And so there were all these tin little metal clips hung on tree branches and, and, and the like to mark the trail, which disappeared during the Second World War and after. A lot of our trails disappeared just about uh, during the 80s when the big um, satellite dishes were installed and people stayed home. Oh, to, they stopped going They stopped out. going out and the trails just about disappeared. That's the interesting thing is trails will be lost if we don't use them. We have a National Trails Association now, ANZ is a designated area, um, for using these trails and we must provide for the demand and the need of getting back to nature that these uh, young people have to experience. Uh, you cannot experience the trail on the internet. There's just no smell and no sound and no real adventure to it. It's two-dimensional on a screen. It has to be three-dimensional and it has to be experienced in the fifth dimension at night with the stars overhead and that mountain lion howling not far away. Okay. Yeah, that's what we need to have done and we need to save the stately treasures in our community. Otherwise, the tumbleweeds will just blow through and will disappear. That's the two extremes, of course. Of course. Well, <clears throat> yes. Right. Attention Mountain residents. Recognizing community needs in the age of technology, the Anza Electric Cooperative is partnering with the Riverside County Information and Technology Department and Anza Community Broadcasting KOIT to distribute refurbished desktop computers for free to income qualified residents. These desktop computers come loaded with Windows 10 and Home Office. If you're interested in seeing if you or your family member qualifies, the applications are available online at anzaelectric.org, at the Anza Electric Cooperative Front Office, 
at Lorraine's Pet Supply and in the box outside of the KOYT station. Once you have filled out your application, it can be scanned and emailed to fundraising at koyt971.org. It can be mailed P.O. Box 391-229, Anza, California, 92539, or handed in at Lorraine's Pet Supply, the co-op office, or in the mail slot at the KOYT station. The Coyote. Listen to it. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. So if somebody wanted to go on a hike and they weren't experienced in the area... Are there guides? Can can one hire a guide to go either by, um, by hiking or horseback? Well, that's how I got into the business. Um, the business of? Guiding. I myself was uh, on a trip into uh, Death Valley for six days, uh, and I joined a group of 12 with two guides and two vehicles. We had a a chuck wagon that carried the food, the kitchen, and a van that carried everybody. So there were 13 of us in the van and another driver in the second vehicle. And we we spent six days in Death Valley and we w- I would have never been able to experience that without a guide. You can buy maps, you can find all the tourist locations and if that's how you want to experience a place, well, that's all you're going to experience. But if you find a guide who knows these hidden areas, then you'll come away with a whole different experience. But if you choose to be real brave and you want to go down, I would suggest you go to the State Park Visitor's Center and get a permit and buy maps and begin to read and educate yourself about the types of animals and the types of plants that are there and what those landscapes are subject to because then you're more prepared and you can experience it for what it is and what made it. Floods and fires and earthquakes is what makes this landscape. And we're the visitors. Don't forget that. So uh, permits are required, or, or I don't know that they cost much, but uh, it is $10 a day to stay in established campgrounds. Uh, for example, like Sheep Canyon, uh, which is just west of Coyote Canyon in that, in that region, accessed by Coyote Canyon. And there are many trails that will climb up into the high regions and the parameters from there as likewise from the mountains down into the canyons after all the wildlife and the native humans would do this on a regular basis in the spring and fall they spent summers up here and winters down there so they had to pass through this region at least twice a year and uh, in 1774 there were still a few uh, Kauia living in the area, Rockhouse Canyon, off to the east of Coyote and the Fault Zone. Um, and when uh, I could only imagine how the Kui Indian that used dance to introduce themselves must have thought when they first time saw a Spanish guard on a big horse. 
where where the past and that future met, which then became Anza's byline in the 80s, where the past and future meet. And that's been forgotten, and now the future is overrunning Anza, and we're losing our past. Thank God we have a museum and we have these preserves to go and visit to imagine what what happened and what goes on in these places. It's mind-boggling to realize from those experiences how domesticated and how ill-prepared we are for emergency and earth changes. We live in spite of nature out there nature has learned to live with itself without us again another point of view to keep in mind so again i want to say at this point becoming domesticated we lost a neighborly exchange when the mode of transportation went from horse to vehicle it meant skipping the water trough at your neighbors and driving around. And then when we got electricity, the ambient light blocked our ability to see our star shadows on a moonless night. Another loss to ourselves and society and our connection to our our cosmos and our environment. So visiting these places can bring that back and put us into a perspective of what is really, truly important and why we moved to this region to begin with. Now, after decades of doing this, I have attuned myself to memorizing horizon lines and recognizing vortexes and ley lands and energy centers And I pay close attention to lights, especially in the peripheral, and what types of creatures and paw prints must be recorded all the time when camping to know who's there camping with you. They're just as, the wildlife is as fascinated with us as we are with them, but we're visiting, so they're at an advantage they can disappear we don't even know how <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's an inter- interesting perspective yes. and uh, you know just a reminder of uh, you know we're civilized but that's why doesn't... we made the parks so yes. that we had that choice our libraries aren't doing well no nor are our state parks. The monies go where the people are. And if the people don't go there, then the money doesn't. So foundations and support outside of these state parks have to be supplemented and established to keep them going. And thank God the Brago State Park has an association that is very developed and has helped acquire private lands within the park. The state park, as it grew, encompassed private lands. Borrego Springs is an entirely surrounded 
established parameter, which should really be a twin sister to Anza. But Anza's yeah, not a city I yet. I thought of that. Anza's not yeah. a city yet. No. <clears throat> Borrego isn't really, but it's a good-sized town. Um, and it's just a short hop and a skip to a thousand canyons. So often, if you drop into Borrego Springs before the crack of dawn, you can find your way up a, a, a destination and, and make camp at sunrise. And, and then explore the area. You might find a few tortoises and see a few snakes and hear a few calls at night wondering what they are but certainly by the second day you'll be much more apt to go a little further up a canyon and you will be rewarded following the water so uh, that's what it's about and it's easy to forget and and get caught up in our daily routine and career making money uh, yet it's always there surrounding us and it's just a short distance away and can open up our entire perspective and quite possibly offer solutions to what seemingly is getting in the way of our life when you go and see that these wild creatures have never depended on Walmart or asphalt or internal combustion engines and they seem to survive just fine. Yeah, they get hot and cold, but we do too. <laughs> so, uh, the better perspectives and the biggest dangers confronting Anza today, of course, is new hot springs possibly finding their way to the surface just five miles west. Uh, with this newest um, flurry and harmonic tremors. But then we are finally blessed with some winter when the whole rest of the state is still dry. It looks like we're going to be spared a winter this year. And so this coming spring is an ideal time to see what happens in the desert. We call it a desert because we think it's desolate, des desolate. But in fact, within weeks of a rain, you'll have a sea of ocotillos blooming red and green and yellow covering for miles. It's, a, it's in itself phenomenal yeah. how uh, a desolate desert can turn green. It's amazing. And it may only happen for a few days. It's if, not all about the California poppy. There's yeah, so no, many other plants yes. there that, I don't, that in are fact, phenomenal. I've not even seen California poppies in recent years. They've just basically disappeared unless Caltrans hydro-seeds them. And even the ones they hydro-seeded when they upgraded 371 here in recent years have disappeared. Um, I think the affiliary and the lupin 
and a whole score of bookloads full of wildflowers. I used to know many of the names. They all exist, but only if it rains, and only if it rains several times within a given amount of time, and some, like the California poppy, won't bloom unless they're subject to freezing, which is probably why we are losing the poppy. There have been numerous winters in recent years when it never got to freezing. It stayed above freezing. It's the same with what is significant. It's not the, the level of the earthquake. It's the location of it. If it's only half a mile deep and it's 4.4, that's significant. If it's 4.4 out on the San Jacinto fault zone, that's normal. So we have to understand that we're measuring it from the nearest surface, not at its location. So we ignore its real location and miss a very important fact that there are right now just five miles down the road now going into the second year harmonic tremors a half a mile deep and not on a known fault zone so daily every day so i think what probably will happen toward the end of this year if this year is anything like last year there'll be a few lucky people who might be able to open up a resort hot springs hot resort springs if their sulfur. yard opens up and yeah. they get hot springs they might be able to develop it if their property doesn't fall in <laughs> okay okay thank you for listening in to fika with anika enjoy your cup of fika wednesdays at 3 p.m and replayed sundays at 1 p.m